Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. So welcome back. We decided to take a day off, and boy, we did it in a um, very inconvenient time because about every scandal, every um, every single thing that could have happened in any sport <laughs> happened. Um, and we had people dying left and right. Uh, I mean, we had some guy sleeping with a 14 year old, um, under Franco. James Harden's getting the Chinese people riled up. Uh, Michael Orris, uh, saying the movie's a sham. Um, it's, it's been a great, it's been a crazy past couple of days. So I guess we'll touch on, I already kind of touched on everything just like wonder Franco did that 14 year old, but, um, <laughs> We'll go a little bit more in depth. So, uh, speaking of him, uh, I know the team decided to put him on like leave or whatever until he gets all that straightened out. So, good for the team, not so much for him. And the um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know everything. That yeah, happened. I think he's getting sent back to the minors, <laughs> just like he wants, huh? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I saw a TikTok the other day. It was like, age never stopped these athletes, and it was. LeBron James mm-hmm. at what thirty six, Tom Brady at forty two, <laughs> Wander Franco at fourteen. <laughs> I to put him up with uh Carl Malone as an all time weirdos. No kidding. Well, so I will say about that situation. I, oh, here no we go. way this should be good. I like, this should be good. <laughs> I don't know what you're about to follow up with, but it's gonna be good. No, it's just a it's just a general uh generalization. Oh, no. oh. There have no been no facts to actually like, come oh, out yet, but oh. it, it it ain't looking good for Wanda what, Franco. Wait, what, I could have sworn I saw pictures. I uh, I mean we don't yeah, know no the comment. Yeah, that's what nothing. I thought. Also, but I will say you're this: defending a predator that is unbelievable. No, 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 no. I will say this: another uh, I was say minor. Oh no, girl, minor, a female. That is a minor has come out and spoken against one. Of course, well, you know, whenever one comes out, they come out in swarms. Yeah, they all just clout chasing the the other, the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever they are. <laughs> I'll come out. So I never <laughs> met this guy, but he touched me. Give me a settlement, please. <laughs> Give me some of that. I don't know. If, I mean, I know you don't follow baseball, but that dude signed an insane contract like two years ago. I figured they all do because there's no such thing as money in the MLB for some reason. Yeah, they just print it. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. It seems that way, at least. Yeah. But he was definitely. I said was. Hmm. I was. Yeah, I'll say was. That, that's the right. Uh, that, that's the right word. Um, he is was one of the most promising prospects. Not prospects because he's up, but like future the MLB type of player. Just what I mean. Just all time bag. Mm-hmm. Now he's a top correctional facility uh, prospect. Hmm. And the the um yard teams are gonna really want him on another team. He's yeah. gonna uh, join the uh, Mexicans. Is, that, is is he of Mexican descent? Spanish descent? Uh, he, I think he's Dominican. Ah, yes, my fault. Yes, he's gonna join. You know how they have the different gangs in prison, or at least all the shows I've watched, they have the different gangs. He's gonna Latin be, Kings. Yes, he's gonna be a um huge um a huge prospect for the uh, Dominicans. Oh yeah, um, or whatever Latino gang they got in there. Oh, without the next five star, he's gonna, have, I think he's gonna have a recruitment video. Like, um, what was the dude's name? Cosme Gil, Gil, Gilmer. Am I saying his <laughs> name right? I'm not even sure that's the guy I'm thinking of. No, I, I'm pretty Kwame sure. Gilmer. Is, but... I don't know. Kwame Brown, <laughs> something anyway. The um, yes, the LeBron. Video. I guess that happened too. No, I'm not sure when that happened. That happened over the weekend, maybe, or last. That happened last week. That's when that happened. I think yeah, it was last Friday. Oh boy, yeah, man. Like I said, a lot happened. And um, moving on, moving on to the next thing. As a matter of fact, is um, you know, a complete blind side, at least to the two east. Uh, Michael Orr <laughs> apparently says, um, I'm, "I'm not your kid." Um, yeah, mm. apparently he ran out of the NFL money, so now he's got to go back to the um. <laughs> To his uh, what 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 is he claiming they are? They're not his parents. They're his the cons- conservative. No. I don't know. It starts with a C, some word. Anyways, you know the news comes out, or at least he claims 
that whatever documents he signed weren't actually adoption papers. They were more or less papers that gave the Tuis the right to his name, image, likeness, and all the money that he got. So, you know, I, I guess he's saying although that they took care of him and stuff, they never he never really was officially their child, at least, you know, not on paper. And because of that, they took all his money. <laughs> they took all his money or something. But, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's still doing well. Um, I mean, I don't know. You feel like coming out all these years later, I mean, almost 10 years later, and maybe he's out of money. That's why I think maybe he's he's trying to well, trying to kind of wrap things up. If it took ten years, I think uh, that might be self inflicted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh yeah, no, just a thought. Oh yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I don't know. We'll see what comes out of that. And speaking of um, James Harden, like I said, getting all the Chinese people riled up, um, calling his owner a liar or the GM a liar, whoever it was. Um, yep, requested a trade specifically to LA. Um, then the news came out. Uh, I think Wojnarowski and Shams uh, dropped it, saying that, um, you know, the, uh, basically the Sixers changed their mind and that they don't plan on shopping Harden anymore, especially not to the Clippers. And then pretty much the next day, you know, Harden put on the fat suit and said, um, you know, this dude's a liar. This dude, he, you know, mm-hmm. I am not a crook or whatever. And, um, yeah, so now, and then I think on top of that, he came back and, um, the owner or the GM, whoever came back and said, uh, yeah, like Harden's out of his mind or whatever. And, uh, I think I did see on Twitter, someone said, you know, you don't want to get into a not caring match with James Harden. He'll show you, um, <laughs> he'll show you exactly what that means. Like I said, the, uh, picture of him in the fat suit. So, um, that should be a pretty interesting saga. I'm not sure. I mean, I doubt Harden holds out. I mean, I know he's a prima donna, but I doubt he's going to hold out for next season, especially because that means I think, you know, not only can they take a good bit of his money away, but that also means he wouldn't be able to play in the NBA for like another year or two. I think I read that right. Somewhere in the terms and conditions, yeah. it says something like if you don't play X amount of year, X amount of games because you're we're personally holding out, then you also pretty much get suspended for the following season or something like that. So thank God Kawhi's going to be out the league. (laughs) He's a smart criminal. You know, he's a smart robber. He, um, he plays what he has to, and then calls it load management the rest of the way. But fun guy right there. I don't think anyone hates Kawhi other than the, the fans of the teams he's on. Yeah, I mean, when he was in San Antonio, I loved him. Hmm. But yeah, and then he was on a um, um an all time rent move by the Raptors, and they got their championship with them. Yeah, actually, That's I wish awesome. I didn't mind him with the Raptors either. Of course, I know. He did great. Kind of, a, I mean, they were kind of the underdogs, you know. Couldn't beat LeBron. He comes along, they win the chip. So, but interestingly enough, I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think LeBron was even in that playoffs. Mm, I have no idea, dude. It's the only thing I remember is Kawhi shooting a ridiculous shot to send the Sixers home. Mm. That's the only thing I remember from the whole playoffs. Rattling off every, rattling off every wall in the gym. Is this the dagger? Yes, it was. Um, but yep. Yeah, so you know, best of luck to James Harden. Best of luck to the Sixers and the Clippers. Clipper fans are anxiously awaiting to see what comes out of this. Uh, I'm sure one way or another, Harden's probably going to end up on that team. I feel like every time a player does something like this, they usually get their way. But uh, at least in the NBA. Especially, I mean, when you make it public, so. Right. All right. And um, let's see, last bit of news before we get into our last two Power 5 conference previews is Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook finally – on their homes, at least their one-year homes. Um, Zeke and Cook. Leonard Fournette's still out there. Well, yeah, I'm not. That's why I'm covering Zeke and Cook right now because um, yeah, unfortunately, Lenny's dead. Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, somebody will pick him up for the playoffs. I mean, playoff Lenny. Yeah, they're gonna have to. I mean, this is the only thing he's good for. But anyways, um, you know, Zeke and Cook going to the Patriots and Jets respectively. Uh, I think they um, you know. Stevenson and Hall, 
Uh, you know, obviously they're going to see their time cut down a little bit. But I think with Hall, it was a little bit more expected, or the Jets, I should say, because he's uh, coming off that ACL injury. And that's not exactly a guy like Hall who is known for his explosive playmaking ability. You don't really want him coming off the ACL in- injury sooner than he has to. You know, um, having Dalvin Cook, I'm not saying the backups beforehand, like Zonovan Knight were like, you know, god awful and couldn't do that. But it's good to have Dalvin Cook who will, I mean, pretty much give the same production that Brees Hall would be able to give, especially in a new offense with Aaron Rodgers and the backfield. Um, you know, you probably weren't going to be running that much anyways to make a huge difference. But getting Dalvin Cook was a um, smart move for the Jets, and I think they obviously paid uh, what they had to uh, to show to show that they you know really meant business that they really wanted him. And so, uh, same can be said for the Patriots. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's a Bill Belichick coach team. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, the Patriots ceiling this season is pretty low. Unfortunately, especially just because of the quarterback play and the really the wide receivers too. Um, defense is going to be solid um, as always, but yeah, I think signing another backup in Zeke, who you know probably still has a good, a decent pro- one year left in him as far as production is concerned. Um, I think he'll do good. And, you know, now he's going back to his old number from Ohio State, I believe, and um, I don't know, maybe that'll get him like pumped up to have like one or two good games, and uh. Yeah, so that's the latest running back news in the NFL. Yeah, good for uh, Dalvin Cook, good for Zeke. Um, Dalvin Cook, I, I still think Dalvin Cook's a great running back. I, I, I'm shocked that it took them so long. Um, him took so long to get signed, but uh, I think he's a great running back. So a great pickup by the Jets. Zeke, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, I think. I don't think he's going to be able to be like the back he was in Dallas, but he'll be a solid backup. Wasn't he center? <laughs> yeah, that Shave seasons mm-hmm. off his uh, career right there. Just that one play. <laughs> off his life. <laughs> yeah, and off his life too. I mean, but oh uh, yeah, that about that about covers the majority of the big news. At least that happened in the past few days. If you'd like, we can get into our Big Twelve preview the big xii as some might call it i don't know who would call it that but wouldn't be yes yeah yeah, yeah. yep i'm good yes with i'm it. good with roman numerals yes i am i'm correct were you were you about to question me in my roman numerals no i would never okay let's keep it like that anyways we'll run through these pretty quickly um and shoot um, maybe try something a little different here. Um, obviously, I mean, I can give some quick notes, but I really don't think that's necessary. I'm still going to try and speed through all these here. So I'll give you, I'll give you my tiers in the Big Twelve, right? And so I'm going to give yeah. you my rankings one to fourteen still, but I'm going to give you the tiers, kind of like the cutoffs for me as to like you know a team in this tier has the ability to finish like plus or minus two spots in that tier, if that makes sense. So like. You know, it's kind of like the last conference we covered, which I, for, I forgot what conference we, cover, we covered last. Um, well, we did Big Ten already. We did SEC and we did the ACC. ACC yes. And, uh, you know, like there's the upper echelon and then like the bottom feeders and then the middle and like the middle, like eight teams felt like they could finish anywhere within, you know, like those rankings. That's kind of how I feel the Big 12 is going to be with these um with these tiers and. I'll get started. I have my projected records for them too, and I have like who they're going to be or lose to. So I'll start with my bottom feeders, and the um, I'll go ahead and say just the four teams from fourteen to eleven. Fourteen, I have West Virginia. Thirteen, Iowa State. Twelve, Cincinnati, and eleven, Houston. Um, West Virginia, I got going two and ten. I'm a little low on them this year. Then I guess what you know, like what Vegas and most people would say about them, but I struggle to see where they're going to win. Um, I could see them winning three games, maybe four, but I mean that 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 fourth game would be a stretch. Uh, I have them beating Cincinnati, and um, I'm going to probably butcher the the pronunciation of this team, but uh, Duquesne, 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 Duquesne. Okay, okay. That's actually who Florida State opened with last year, before they played LSU. Oh, like a week zero game. Yeah, mm. and I, I mean. You hate to, oh man. I hate to make excuses, but I feel like that really helped Florida State because 
That LSU Florida State game was just freaking ugly last year. <laughs> should be both sides. Yeah, it should be a lot better. Should be a lot prettier. Yeah, especially this year. it's pretty much a rematch with the same freaking players too. Um, just about. I mean, minus the powder, gunpowder. No, the powder. Oh, who, who the powder? Kajon Booty. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I forgot. I erased him from my memory. Um, look mm, you. <laughs> Yeah, no, unfortunately, Patriots, too. They uh, Hopefully, they don't um, have to deal too much with them. I feel bad for uh, all the talent in the world. Nah, I don't even know about that. Anyways, moving on to my 13th-ranked team. Uh, I got Iowa State going 3-9, and 1-8 and eight in conference. I have West Virginia, obviously, going 1-8 and eight in conference. That's a beating Cincinnati. Um, I figured they'd get at least one mm. game in mm. there. Cincinnati. Yeah, I figured, like, so I figured they'd at least get one game in there, um, one conference win. I... Because like, I mean, I don't I hate to say they go one and eleven, so like I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to say they go two and ten. And they beat one of the lower ranked teams. Because like I said, I think these like these four teams, these bottom four teams, are probably liable to finish, you know, either dead last or fourth to last. So, but anyways, uh, Iowa State. I got them going three and nine, one and eight. Got Iowa State beating Northern Iowa, Ohio. Those are two. I won't call the Ohio game a gimme, but at least the Northern Iowa game's a gimme. And I have them pulling out an upset against Oklahoma State. I um I think it's going to be a tough one for Iowa State to do, but I think they can do it. They got the home field advantage in that game, and I think it's going to be probably, probably their best matchup on their schedule to get a conference win. And like I said, I think this Big Twelve is kind of it's going to be a little sloppy this year. I think teams are going to lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, and obviously that means teams are going to win against teams they shouldn't have won against. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Uh, next team, twelve. Uh, Cincinnati got them going three and nine, one and eight in conference. I got them beating Eastern Kentucky, Miami of Ohio, um, and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, going three and nine, one and eight. Like I said, any of these teams can just finish us anywhere within. I'm about to look at their schedule really quick too, because I'm sure I had like a game or two there where I'm like, oh, they could win this one. Yeah, they, I mean, they could win plenty of games. I mean, I could see them beating Baylor. I could see them beating, you know. I don't know. I, 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 I could definitely see them beating West Virginia. I could see them beating Kansas. There's plenty of teams I could see them beating. But anyways, moving on. Uh, and then mm. to finish off the bottom feeder tier, and uh, this team, Houston, is going to be a fringe bottom feeder slash um, middle tier team. But I have them just um, just on the, uh, like I said, the fringe right there. I got them going four and eight, two and seven in conference, beating Cincinnati, West Virginia, Sam Houston, and Rice. Now, unfortunately, they have a pretty tough schedule. Uh, like I said, they play some. They play most of the bigger names in the Big Twelve, which sucks for them. But uh, once again, they can you know either go four and eight or six and six. It should be interesting to see where they're going to finish. Um, but yeah, I'm not too high. I'm not too high on them or Cincinnati. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of question marks with both their teams for pretty much the same reasons. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about those four teams, the my bottom tier teams? Well, I was going to let you go through. I was going to let you go through all uh, your teams. I was just going to work my way from the bottom to the top if you want. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, let's see. Um, next, I have like my middle tier. These next, I'd say one, two, three, four, five teams. I'd have them in the middle tier. Uh, so starting off with number ten is BYU. Uh, Brigham Young, I got him going five and seven, three and six in the conference. I got him beating Sam Houston, Southern Utah, the, the two gimmies. And then the three conference opponents being Cincinnati, West Virginia, Iowa State. All, well, we're probably, regardless of how those three teams finish, they're all probably going to be lower than BYU. And I think BYU is going to be kind of a weird team. Like I said, this whole conference is going to be a little weird. But um, BYU is always Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, BYU always seems to have the issue of you never know if they're going to go, you know, four and eight or eight and four. And unfortunately for them, I do think they kind of uh, – I mean, hopefully they go bowling this year. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you play Arkansas as your, like, main out-of-conference opponent, so that kind of sucks. But you, you should have two gimmies before that. That's that same Houston and Southern Utah. But uh, moving on, and mm, – yeah, and you see that here, here these next four teams, I really could actually see them finishing anywhere from nine to six. Uh, number nine, I'm a little higher on them than most people, and um, obviously mainly because of the quarterback. You probably know who, what team I'm about to say because of that. It's uh, Kansas. 
got them going seven and five, four and five in conference. Um, I think Kansas is their offense is going to be good enough this year that they're going to be probably one of the upper echelon teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, I'm not sure which one. I just have a feeling that they're going to be one of them, and you know that one team is going to be like, you know, man, like we'd be in such a better spot if had we not lost to Kansas. Um, I have that team, by the way, being Texas Tech. And mm. and I guess oh no no I want I'm not going to call Oklahoma State I want, they're definitely not upper echelon but um yeah I have Kansas beating Missouri State Illinois Nevada BYU Iowa State Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and um I think they also <laughs> I think they have the path of beating more um I think they beat one of Texas State or can I'm sorry Texas Tech or Kansas State um I do think they beat one of them and like I said the, one of those teams will be you know wishing you know they had that Kansas game back um. Obviously, maybe I'm a little high on them because they had good success last season and, you know, recency bias. But I do think mainly I think their their quarterback has the ability to will them to any win. It just it's going to be on the rest of the offense to, you know, get behind them. Um, but with that being said, segue into my number eight team, Oklahoma State. I have them also going seven and five and also four and five in conference play. So I have them beating Central Arkansas, uh, you know, uh, pretty easily, I'd imagine. Then I got them beating Arizona State. Uh, should be a close one. I mean, I like, and that's the thing about Oklahoma State. They're going to have a bunch. And besides the first game with Central Arkansas, every other game is going to be close. I mean, there's there's no game should be a double-digit different, double digit difference unless they're getting blown out. Um, anyways, I got them beating Arizona State, South Alabama, West Virginia, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. Uh, like I said, all four of those conference opponents they beat are probably going to be lower than them regardless. Uh and also, regardless, should probably still be close games. Moving on to number seven, I have UCF uh, going eight and four, five and four in conference. And I don't know how the tiebreakers work in conference play, by the way. So I just kind of have them in turn. I just have like personal power rankings for these teams, not really how they're going to finish in the conference, just because I didn't, I just didn't feel like looking it up. And I knew the ACC was a little weird. And I, I was hoping none of these would be weird. Anyways. UCF, I got them going eight and four, five and four. Um, I think those eight teams they beat are going to be Kent State, Boise State, Villanova, Kansas, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Houston, and Oklahoma State. Um, UCF should be pretty good this year. I think they'll definitely go bowling, worst case scenario, which obviously you know is something you want as a team. Uh, moving on to my, I guess, top of the middle tier is Baylor. You got Baylor going seven and five, five and four. I think. Their only losses are being being to uh, Utah, obviously going to be a tough one. Texas, obviously a tough one. Texas Tech, obviously a tough one. TCU, Kansas State, both tough ones. Um, I think Baylor is also one of those weird teams who also may finish like six and six or eight and four. Really, just depends if they're able to put everything together. And I think everyone knows Baylor sucks outside of home, so unfortunate for them. They um well actually I will say fortunate for them because I think they have a majority of their games at home this year, but anyways moving on to what I'm going to call my upper tier and uh, really I got really I'll say like these next three teams can finish anywhere like no actually besides the besides my one team I think any of these teams can finish anywhere um you know I want to obviously have Texas and I think they're probably gonna they should be. The shoe in for number one. Um, we'll have a tough game against Oklahoma, my number two team. But anyways, go a little out of order there. My number five team is TCU. I have them going eight and four, five and four. Their only losses being to conference um, conference opponents, all whom I have ranked above them: Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Texas, and Kansas State. At number four, I have Texas Tech going nine and three, seven and two in the conference. Uh, like I said, I called my shot earlier. Um, I have Texas Tech losing to Kansas. Uh, I have them losing to Oregon, which should be a good game, and Texas. Uh, obviously, Texas does have the ability to probably get double-digit wins this season, and I think it could happen. Um, like I said, I just I think Kansas is going to beat either them or Kansas State, and I have them beating Texas Tech. And moving on to my number three team, uh, former conference champs, I believe, Kansas State, 9-3, and 7-2. I have them losing to Missouri, Texas Tech, and Texas. Um, so obviously, you know, you had an SEC out of conference play in Missouri, which will definitely be a close game. It's not like 
Missouri is the cream of the crop of the SEC. So I'm not going to say you have anything to worry about there, but at the end of the day, they are an SEC opponent. And I think Missouri's got a slight edge on them. Anyways, uh, moving on to my top two teams, um, Oklahoma at two, Texas at one. I got them both going 11-1. and one. Um, I got Texas going undefeated in conference play and Oklahoma eventually falling to Texas in their conference bout. And uh, the uh, one loss for Texas I have being to Alabama. So, um, which that should be a good game too. Um, you know, I hate to say that this is the year that Texas is back, but if it's going to be any year, it has to be this one. I mean, dude, they have to they have to put it all together or else they really – they may just get kicked out of the NCAA. But – um. Yeah, those are my rankings. Um, yeah, so if you want to let me know what you think, Peyton. Yeah, so I didn't really get a chance to look at everybody's schedule. Um, but I did rank the teams. I thought were just more complete and not. Um, last place for me, I have West Virginia. Yeah, they're going to fire their coaches here. Yeah. Um, they went five and seven last year. They've been they're twenty two and twenty five overall since the head coach took over in twenty nineteen. They were giving up like thirty three points a year last year. Um, defense is still bad. Offense is not going to. Uh, offense took a step back because they lost Dante Stills, and no, I mean Dante still. No, I'm sorry, he was defensive. I'm, I'm crazy. Um, they they still don't know who who their quarterback is. I, it's just they're they're bad. They're not mm-hmm. good. Um, at thirteen, I have Houston. Houston, obviously a newcomer coming from the AAC. Um, I think they're going to be the worst of the three newcomers. I think UCF is in a. I wouldn't. I don't want to say a great spot, but I think they're in a better spot than Houston. Uh, but get, getting back on topic, they went eight and five last year. They took a pretty pretty sizable step back after going 12 and 2 in 2021. Um they're obviously in a better conference now. The defense again is a very a big question mark. You'll probably hear that a lot um when we talk about the Big 12. A lot of defenses are pretty suspect. Um and their defense is going to get worse too because they only have like four starters back. So yeah. I just I I think they're just not going to be a very good team. Cincinnati slightly um, ahead of them just because of what Luke Fickle brought to Cincinnati. I think they'll be all right. Um, I, I say all right. They're still twelve in the Big Twelve, so not very. Which thinking about it, why is the Big Twelve called the Big Twelve? I have no idea. I always thought that too, and that's you know, it's pretty confusing. I mean, why is the Big Ten called Big Ten? I mean, think about it, dude. They have fourteen teams. Right, mm-hmm. they added three teams last year. Did they lose any? No. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Like, I don't make the rules. Whatever, whatever, man. Freaking Big Twelve. God, dog. Anyway, Cincinnati. Um, they've been obviously they've been super uber successful the last few years, but they lose Luke Fickle. They lose their quarter. Uh, well, they lost their quarterback uh, year before last. They got gutted by the transfer portal. Um, just it, it ain't gonna be good for them. It ain't gonna be good. So we'll see what they can do. But I, I, I have tempered hopes for them. I have them at twelve. With eleven, another newcomer in BYU. Wait, hang on. No, 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 no. They had four teams, so they were the Big Ten last year. Anyway, yeah. Um, they BYU is a weird team every year. One one week they could beat Alabama, one week they could lose to Vanderbilt. So I, I don't know about them. Uh, I do have them at eleven. I think they lose their early game to Arkansas, um, and then they they play five of my top six teams this year. So pretty tough schedule. Um. It's going to be tough for them to make a bowl. They could, I mean, but they're always, dude, they, they could always exceed expectations for me. Um, I will say they did get Kadon Slopes, Kedon Slavis, Slovis. I can't, I can't remember which is the proper pronunciation, mm-hmm. but uh, the transfer quarterback from Pittsburgh, formerly at USC, I think he could be 
be pretty good. So it, I think it all hinges on him because last year he was horrible, but the year before he was pretty good. So it all hinges on him. Hmm. For Kansas State, uh, I mean, not Kansas State, Iowa State at 10. Uh, I got to see what's going on with the gambling thing. Um, <laughs> apparently they got guys gambling on their own games that they are actually planning, betting against their team. <laughs> so I will say this. The running back bet against his team in a game, but then scored the touchdown to win the game. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty impressive. I mean, I guess it really I – mean, I guess you tried to sell that he wasn't betting or, you know, no collusion here kind of thing. Mafia took his kneecaps. Well, yeah, props to him. I'm sure a lot of Iowa State fans are not happy with him right now, being that he bet against his team. But, um, they do return their quarterback. Um but I don't think they're any any good this year either. They went four and eight. Um, that's the first time they've had a losing season since 2016. Although I don't expect Matt Campbell to be fired or anything after this year. I think he gets it together next year. But this year is going to be another uh, a lot of a lot of struggles, especially with the, that investigation going on. I think that's a huge distraction. Um, at nine, I do have UCF. They're the best of the newcomers this year. Um, they returned their quarterback, John Rice Plumley. I think he's a great playmaker. He definitely – his decision-making could be better, but it's an incredible athlete, and he can probably wield them to some wins. Um, big thing with UCF, as always, their offense is is, is going to be a good offense. I mean, that's the, the Gus Malzahn way. It's going to be a good offense. Defense is going to be really, really bad. So, again, a common theme in the Big 12. Um, at number eight, I have Oklahoma State. They have a lot of question marks, but since they have Mike Gundy, I have them a little bit higher than some other teams with a lot of the same uh, question marks I have. He hadn't had a losing record since 2005, and he's been at Oklahoma State for a long, long time. So uh, I think he's one of the better coaches in college football. So we'll, we'll see with them. But they did lose their starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders, he transferred to Ole Miss. He had another quarterback that transferred out of a starting spot to a backup spot. Just don't understand it. Um, one thing they do have going for them, though, is they um, excuse me, they do have a pretty easy schedule. They, they get five Big 12 games at home, and they don't play Texas, Texas Tech, or TCU. So um, they, they are still trying to pick out a quarterback, though. At seven, I have Baylor, who went six and seven last year. They took a pretty drastic step backwards after making the Big 12 championship game the year before, and I believe won it. Let me think. No, wait. I can't remember if they won. Yeah, they. Yes, I'm pretty sure they won it. (laughs) They didn't? I feel like they did. Yes, they did. They did. Okay. I just looked it up. They did. Um,. I remember that dude made that insane play at the goal line against Oklahoma State. Um, But they're going to be a good offensive team on the ground. They're going to struggle passing. Blake Shapin's the quarterback again. I'm not I'm not sold on him completely. But being that it's a Dave Aranda team, I think their defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, after they really weren't great last year, um, I just don't think you keep you, – you, you don't keep him down for long as a uh, – defensive coach uh, obviously the 2019 LSU defensive coordinator and for a good little while before that one of the best defensive coordinators in the country so at six I have them pretty high uh, Kansas I think I like I, I really do like Lance Leopold um, I love Jalen Daniels one of the most electrifying athletes in college football uh, they also have 17 starters back so I think they do take another step forward as all their guys get older Again, though, defense is going to be a huge question mark. They gave up 35.5 points per game last year. So they're going to have to improve on that. But that's why I have them as low as I did. But with 17 starters back, I feel like they should be pretty high. Um, At five, Texas and – not Texas. (laughs) Texas Tech. (laughs) So these – I did look at a few schedules. Um, I do have them going eight and four. Um, I have them losing – a shocker to BYU. Uh, they lose to Oregon. They lose to Texas. And I think they lose another game along the way, whether it be a Kansas, UCF, a Baylor, somebody like that. Um, 
I think this conference is pretty much wide open, like you were saying. Um, it's just it's a strange conference. So they have, they're at five, four TCU. I have them going nine and three with losses to Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. Um, they lost a ton offensively, but they did kind of reload in the transfer portal. Um, they got LSU legend Jack Besh out of the portal, which I off topic, but I'm a huge Jack Besh fan. So I'm glad he's going to get a better opportunity over there. Um, they also lost their offensive coordinator to Clemson. So it'll be interesting to see what their offensive system looks like this year. I, and I'm just, honestly, I'm not, I'm not really sold on like teams put together through the portal. I think you have to have a strong foundation through guys that you recruited. That's kind of why I have LSU finishing second in the SEC West this year, just because they're, they're still pieced together through the transfer portal. And I, I'm just not sold on that. I think you have, like I said, you have to be able to recruit at a high school and keep those guys on. But moving on, Kansas State, I have them at 10-2 and two with losses to Texas and TCU. They do lose a good bit, including their their catalyst through Spawn, um, Darren Sproles, if you will. Hmm. But Will Howard returns, and he's behind a great offensive line, one of the better offensive lines in the country. So that's something to look forward to for them. Um, I do have them as kind of a dark horse Big 12 championship team. I don't I don't think they'll make it, but they they definitely have a shot to – I mean, obviously third – Third in the Big 12, that's just one spot out of the uh, Big 12 championship. But there's definitely an avenue for them to make mm-hmm. it, especially if Oklahoma doesn't or Texas doesn't live up to expectations, which Texas has definitely been known to not live up to expectations. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Two, Oklahoma. I have them 11-1 with a loss to Texas. They return Dylan Gabriel. O- Oklahoma's always going to be stacked with got like five stars all over the field. Um, I, I like Brent Venables. I don't know how you feel about him, Zach. Um, but he was a fantastic defense coordinator at Clemson. I think, I think he's going to get that defense right. Obviously, they were not the greatest last year, but I will say this: they they were they lost five games by one score. They were zero and five in one score games. I think that has a lot to do with like the old coaching regime. I'm not sold on Lincoln Riley, which we'll get to in a little bit. By the way. But um, I think he, he turns that program around sooner rather than late, later. I do like Brent Venables. I think he's going to get the defense solidified. Um, offense is going to be fine. They have a good offense coordinator. I can't remember his name, but he was at Ole Miss before. I do like his system. It's more of a run first, almost like a run first air raid, if you will. Um, but it, it, it's a great offense. So I'm really happy to uh, with Oklahoma. I think I think last year they, they lost a game or two and uh, they they just got derailed. I think Brenton Venables fixes like the mentality aspect of things and gets them back, writes the ship, gets them back to the Big 12 Championship 11 and 1. And number one, I have Texas at 11 and 1 with a loss to Alabama. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before them and sadly Texas Tech get back to form. Um, I mean, let's be real. They are absolutely loaded everywhere. They have no choice but to be good, especially with like NIL. Both schools are loaded everywhere. Um, I don't have much to say. I like I like Steve Sarkeesian as an offensive coach. I think the offense is going to be solid. The defense is going to be a little questionable, I feel like especially if they lost their starting middle linebacker from last year. But I think the offense is just going to be too much to keep up with for other teams. Um, the only part that – okay, you you might not agree with this, but I'm not completely sold on uh, Quinn Ewers. Hmm. I wouldn't say I'm completely sold on him either, but I do have high expectations for him. I think everybody has high expectations for him, but I don't think he's going to meet those. I think – Honestly, um, I like the kid Malik. I can't think of his last name, but they had a quarterback competition in the spring. Uh, Quinn Ewers ended up winning it, but I have a feeling that a lot of that had to do with Quinn Ewers' name and that he was one of the highest-rated quarterback prospects of all time out of high school. They're probably paying them a lot of money, the boosters are. You know they had something to say about that. So um, 
I, th- I honestly think I don't think he makes it through the whole season, mm. especially if Texas doesn't meet expectations, which, like I said, they have been known to do. They've had good team, like a lot of talent over there for a long time in Austin. I think Sark will get it right, but man, I, I just don't know about Quinn. I think he's the question mark. Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he'll make it through the whole season. Um, especially with the weapons I guess around that's just him. My hot take of the year. Yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's like man, even the weapon the weapons around you make you look great. So I think he'll have that going for him. Um, I mean, he had those weapons last year, and he looked mediocre. I'm not sure how much experience did he have last year, though. A genuine question. I really just don't know. I don't know if that was his first season actually playing games, or if he even started all the games. Or, I mean, he got hurt through the, in the Alabama game. It's not like he was lighting it up against Alabama, but they probably would have beat Alabama had he played. It just. That game was another one of those games that were just ugly all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably be a lot prettier every game this year. Yeah, let's hope so. There's a lot of games I'm looking forward to this year, but uh, that'll wrap it up for the Big Twelve. If you well, 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 hang on. Okay, we did we did miss one game. Big Twelve championship game, Texas Oklahoma rematch, obviously. Uh, Red River shootout. Who you got in the Big 12 championship? Does Texas take it home yes. or does Oklahoma get revenge for the regular season loss? I think Texas will take care of them. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I could see it going either way. Uh, this happened a few years ago when Kyler Murray was the quarterback at Oklahoma. Texas beat them in the regular season, and Oklahoma came back in the Big 12 championship and beat them. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's a repeat of that. I think Texas gets it done. Yeah. All right, well, now we can move on to the Pac-12, and um, mm. I'll uh, roll through these pretty quickly. Uh, I'll kind of do the same thing I did for the – what would we just do, the Big 12? I'm getting a little confused. It's similar. At least uh, The little 14? Yeah, and at least this one has 12 teams, I think. Not for long. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely not for long. Be lucky to have one team. Um the pack four right now <laughs> i guess we could start off by talking about that if you would like um i mean yeah if, you, if that's what you want to do that's fine yeah let's talk about it all right so obviously uh the pack 12 going through going through some hardship hardships right now um <laughs> oregon washington i feel like there was one more that joined them. Am I? Am, no, maybe it was just those two, but I know UCLA and USC are also joining the Big Ten. But that was previously agreed upon. Um, and then a lot of teams joined the Big 12, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. I missing anybody? Utah, maybe? Maybe. I have no idea. I don't know. A lot of teams leaving though. They have four teams currently in the in the uh, in the league, and uh, well, that's not good. They're talking about an ACC merger, which would put them traveling across the country for a game. I don't know about that. Yeah, at a certain point, they're left without any options. Uh, I think that's probably the best option they got. Probably the only option they have, to be honest. Unless they just want to, you know. It's not like a conference is just going to disband, or maybe it will. I really don't know. Um, and I, I really Thank don't you. know the reason behind these teams leaving. I'm just going to assume money talks. Uh, yeah, it's it's more about like a TV contract talks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and um, I, to be honest, I, I feel like, man, football is probably even like the least of the worries of the Pac-12. I mean – I they have strong basketball teams and baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, they're pretty solid uh, baseball-wise and obviously basketball-wise. Women's and men's. Stanford, one of the best uh, women's basketball teams. Yeah, so unfortunate for them, but uh, life goes on, at least for the teams, not so much the conference. Yeah, so I don't know. I think the Pac-12 was kind of trying to be cheap in terms of like shucking out money to the teams. Um, also they were deemed the conference of champions and 
Uh, I don't think they've had a team in the college football playoffs since like 2018 or something like that. Mm. Well, maybe that'll change this year. Mm. <laughs> well, that may be a good segue into my rankings if you're ready to hear them. Yep, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, I'm just going to roll through all 12 of these. I'm not really going to put them in a hierarchy. You can probably you can assume off the records, um, based upon the records, I should say. You can kind of assume what tiers I'd have them in. Uh, number 12, uh, worst of the worst. Uh, I have Arizona State going 2-10, and 0-9. and 9. I have them beating Southern Utah and Fresno State uh, with the ability to probably sneak in another win there if they really, you know, I guess tried. I don't know. Um, and uh, not far behind them or ahead of them, I should say. And uh, good for them. They play Hawaii, but it's Stanford. Um, going 2-10, and 0-9 in the conference as well. I have them beating Sac- uh, Sacramento State and Hawaii. I think they'll have a close game against California. And um, not to not a good segue into my 10 team because it's not California. It's the uh, Fighting Deion Sanders of Colorado. Uh, <laughs> and nine. I got them going 2-7 and seven in the conference because uh, good for them. They play, uh, they play Arizona and Stanford. So I think, you know, and that that's probably going to be a good season for them, to be honest, is 3-9. and nine. Uh, I know people have high expectations for this team, but the I think the realistic people understand that this team isn't geared to win more than five games at most. Uh, like I said, I think more realistically, probably three or four is the mark you're looking for, and I think that's going to be a good season considering how many transfers you're bringing in. But, uh, yeah, I got them going three and nine, two and seven in the conference, uh, beating Colorado State, and then your conference opponents, they beat being Stanford and Arizona. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game with Arizona. I think they could easily lose that one as much as they could win it. And um, going into my ninth-ranked team is California, Cal, going four and eight, two and seven in conference play. I've been beating Arizona State, Stanford, North Texas, and Idaho. Yeah, um, some big names there. Um, moving on to my number eight team, Arizona. Got them also going four and eight, two and seven in conference play. Having them beating Northern Arizona, Powerhouse, UTEP, Powerhouse, Stanford, and Arizona State. Um, you know, I think they could beat Colorado, like I was saying earlier. I just think that's going to be the sneaky game Colorado wins. Uh, number seven, a little bit of a jump in talent here. I have Washington State going seven to five, five and four conference. I have them beating Colorado State, Northern Colorado. Dang, how many Colorados they play? In Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they I guess they beat the trifecta of Colorados. Also have them beating Arizona State, Stanford, and Cal, and Arizona. Um, probably a lot of close games there, but I think they're going to be able to get it done. Uh, my number six team, UCLA. Uh, another jump in talent here, I think. Another gap in talent, I should say, for these t- uh, the hierarchy of these teams. Uh, UCLA 9-3, 6-3 conference play. I have them... There are only three losses in the conference being Oregon State, Utah, USC, and those being their only losses of the year. Um, moving on, number five, I have Oregon going 10-2, and 7-2 and two in conference play. I only have them losing to Washington and Utah, but I think Oregon Oregon's going to have some very juicy and spicy games this year. I think they have the ability to, you know, they, I mean, they could very well go 9-3, 8-4, or 11-1. Uh, I don't think they'll go 11-1, but I think they could. Yeah, maybe they string just kind of string it together. Um, but really, that could be said about any of the other teams I'm about to say, too. Right above them, I have their brother, Oregon State, going 10-2, and 7-2. Mm. I have them losing to only Washington and Oregon. So, And like I said, I didn't really look at the rules to this, the, to their conference standings. Yeah, I know some conferences are weird, some of them aren't. But like I said, I have Oregon State losing to Oregon. So, I mean, you know, if you need to flip them to, you know, make your brain work better, go ahead. But uh, obviously, I think that Oregon game is going to be a close one. Uh, I don't think I said that. But uh, – and the game with Utah is probably going to be a close one. But I do have them beating Utah. And uh, that would be my third-ranked team mm-hmm. is Utah. I have them going 10-2, 7-2 and in conference play as well. Third team in a row. Let's see where this is going. Uh, I have them losing to Oregon State and Washington. Um, I think they have a close game with um, obviously those two teams and USC. And my fourth team in a row to go 10 and 2, 7 and 2 conference plays USC. I have them ranked number two. Uh, yes. I have them losing to Oregon and Utah. And I think they'll have a very close game, very close game with Washington, who is my number one ranked team. And I think the only team Washington loses to 
is USC. I think they're going to be able to pretty much sweep out all their opponents. Um, Pac-12 is going to be a lot. At least these like the top five or six teams. It's actually going to be very interesting to watch how the seasons play out. Because man, I think you know Oregon State just has a much better chance of winning this conference as Washington does. And I think obviously USC, a lot of people high on um, Caleb Williams, and I get it. A lot of talent over at USC too. Uh, good coaching, as much as some people don't want to hear it. But um, you know, I also think unfortunate for USC they do have a tough schedule, and I think I think USC isn't quite the team they picture themselves as being. If that makes sense, I think they're still and wouldn't call them an amateur team, but I just they're out. They're not that up. They're not that upper echelon of the entirety of the NCAA. I think. You know they're going to drop one or two where they shouldn't, um, and those being close game to Oregon, close game to Utah. Like I, said, I have all of these teams losing to team, just like a random team here and there. I, said, I think Pac-12 is going to be messy. And I think it's going to be one of those things where they're literally all the dust is going to have to settle to see, you know, where these teams stand. Because like, I mean, I think one through five, they're all going to lose a game to one of the five, um, at least one of the games, you know. Um, but I have Washington coming out on top of this mess. Um, I have them only losing one game in conference play compared to all the other teams losing at least two. So, yep, we got Washington as my best team, USC close behind them, and uh, really USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Oregon all close behind them. Like I said, I think Washington's going to be able to get it done. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, Peyton. I'd like to hear them. Yeah, so I'll start from the bottom as well. Um, um uh, <laughs> a very common theme in the Pac-12 is that nobody has defense except for maybe one team, and I'll get to them later. But um, starting off number 12, we got Stanford. Uh, they weren't a good team last year, and they lost a lot on both sides of the ball. So they have to rebuild from an already bad team. They're going to be bad again. Uh, they have to replace their quarterback, offensive line, and a lot of defensive players. They lost, they allowed thirty six point three points a game last year. Uh, went, now I will say the Pac twelve offensively is a pretty solid conference, um, but thirty six three point three points a game is that's a lot of points. So um, they just gotta get better. Um, number eleven, I do have Colorado. Uh, Interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on Dion? As a coach, uh, I think he's probably just what Colorado needed. As a coach overall, um, I'm not sure I would want him to be my coach. I'd probably, I mean, obviously having a guy with NFL experience, I mean, that probably that means a lot to some people. But I mean, um, man, I don't know. Uh, that doesn't always mean I, that they're the I, best I, coach. I, I was about to say, I mean, like if that was the case, especially you know, somebody like would be overrun by coaches who played the NFL, you know. But like I said, yeah. I think the thing with Colorado, and I think, but I think Deion Sanders is just what Colorado needed, and I think most people would agree with that. Um, they just needed that charismatic, you know, um, guy who's going to get the media turn on them, not turn them in a bad way, but as I th- and like you know, bringing all these transfers in. I mean, I think uh, for better or worse, Colorado is going to make some noise, and like I said, I think that's exactly what the school wanted, and obviously that's what they wanted. They were, they wouldn't have hired, you know. They won't have hired Dion if that wasn't the case. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, he is very charismatic guy. Um, I, I do question his coaching ability. I kind of question a lot of former players' coaching abilities, especially especially a guy like Pron, who was so blessed um, with like speed. You can't teach that, and I think I think it's hard for guys who used to play to. Like explain that to you can't teach that obviously, but it's hard. Obviously, prime that wasn't perfect. I mean, he's human, so but when he messed up, he was able to to make up for it with his God given abilities. Um, you can't teach that to everybody though. So I I do question his coaching ability. Um, I question Shadir Sanders as a quarterback. Um, I don't think he's going to be that great. Hey, maybe he surprises me, but. I don't think they're going to be good. Um, Travis Hunter, no comment. Um, with that much turnover, I just I, – I don't think they're going to be a good team. But they will be intriguing. Yeah, well said. Um, at number 10, I do have Arizona State. I think Kenny Dillingham was a really good hire for them. Um, 
Got a new quarterback in Jaden Rashada. I think he's going to be a solid quarterback over time. Not this year, but over time. Um, they got 30 transfers, and you know how I feel about teams. The same with Colorado, too. You know how I feel about um, teams with transfer guys. You can't build a team, a, cha- a championship-winning team off of the transfer portal. You have to um, – you, you, you got to build from the ground up in terms of, like, recruiting. So, now, going back to Jaden Rashada, I know he's not going to start – or I, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't think he'll start. I think it'll be Drew Pine the Notre Dame transfer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they do build off of a 3-9 and nine record last year. I think they're a little bit better this year. Um, at 9, I have California. They – I'm just not sold on Cal, really. Um, they haven't taken football very seriously in a while. Of course, their defense is not great. Per usual in the Pac-12, I don't think anybody's defense is great except for one team, and I'll, like I said, I'll get to them. Um, TCU's backup quarterback transfer to, to them. We'll see. I, I just I think they're lower, lower tier of the Pac-12. At eight, Arizona. It's crazy because a few years ago, Arizona and Arizona State were two pretty solid teams, and now they're just not good. Um. Now, I will say their coach last year, it was his first year. They were 1-11 the year before, and he went 5-7 and seven last year. So, I think they do make a bowl game, but I don't think they do a ton more than that. They did lose their best wide receiver to USC, but the offense is still going to be good, especially with a guy like Jacob Cohen and uh, Tataro uh, McMillan. So, I think the defense is going to improve, but I don't think it's going to be great still. At number seven, I have Washington State. <laughs> Washington State is such a weird team every single year. Um, they're capable of beating the USC's, the Oregon's, the UCLA's of the Pac-12, but they're also capable of losing to the Colorado's, the Arizona State's, uh, the Stanford's. So just a strange, strange team. I do think Cameron Ward improves this year. If you – if you don't know, Cameron Ward is the quarterback from uh, Incarnate Word in the S- at the FCS level where he freaking tore it up. Um, I think in the second year of the system, he's going to take a large step forward. But I do think Washington State's going to finish up around like the middle of the uh, pack in the conference. At six, I have UCLA. I'm just – it's going to be weird. They, they returned – I mean, they lost so much. They lost DTR. They lost Zach Charbonnet. Um now, true freshman Dante Moore at the quarterback position, number one quarterback in the country last year. Um, I think he, I mean, he he could be great, come out and be great. But if you remember two years ago, Chip Kelly was on the hot, hot, hot seat at UCLA. And then uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was in his millionth year in the system, finally did good. So I don't I, – I, I just struggle thinking about uh, – Chip Kelly, I think they're going to fall off this year a little bit. Um, and, again, their defense is not great. They allowed 29 points a game, and they gave up 6.1 yards a snap. Mm. It will, in conference, 6.1 yards a snap in conference. That's bad. So, we we should see. We shall see, though. Number five, I have Oregon State. I think you can flip them in Oregon if you wanted to like you did, but um, – I have Oregon State. They went 10-3 and three last year, a really good year for them, but they did lose their middle linebacker, Omar Spates, to the transfer portal and LSU, where he is apparently ripping it up right now. He's doing – I mean, they, they are just drooling over him right now in camp. So I think that was a pretty significant loss for him. Um, he, they need a little bit more out of their passing game, which is why I ended up putting them um, behind Oregon because I think Oregon's a more dynamic team offensively in a, in a conference that's all about offense. So, and and their quarterback play, ah, man, DJ Uyangalale, I'm just – I mean, we saw him have one elite game his freshman year against Notre Dame while he was at Clemson. But since then, I mean, he's been really – he's been bad at quarterback on a team full of studs, which is Clemson, so – uh, we'll see. Maybe it's new beginnings for him. He flips the script finally, and he becomes a uh, 
a great quarterback, but five Oregon State, four Oregon. Um, I'll call it now. I think Bo Bo Nix finishes top three in Heisman voting, um, especially in the second year for Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning obviously coming from Georgia, great great coach for him. Um, they have a great supporting cast around Bo Nix. Uh, Defense, again, is lacking, but I think their offense makes up for it. So, four, Oregon. Three, USC. Um, obviously, they return the Heisman winner from last year, Caleb Williams. Um, but Lincoln Riley is allergic to defense and tackling. So, I don't even know if they practice it during the season. But we'll see. They'll be good offensively. But I feel like at times they can get – for lack of a better term, I'll say out physical, especially against like a team like Utah, who is a physical physical presence. Um, you saw that in the Pac-12 championship last year, so we'll we'll see on that. But like I said, I think Utah finishes third. Utah two, like I was just referring to, physicality for them is their key. Um, Cam Rising, their quarterback, absolute stud, and he ain't even afraid of contact and goes right into that physicality standpoint I just talked about. But he is coming off of a torn ACL in the Rose Bowl game last year. He's questionable for game one against Florida. And I don't know if you saw the news, but their backup quarterback is now out for a few weeks mm-hmm. at least. So they might be trotting out QB3 against Florida. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think they'll still win. I think they'll still win. But um, yeah, they said this yeah. dude isn't afraid of it. This dude is not afraid of contact. Speaking of, he's uh, yeah, he has ACL blown up uh, last season. Who would have guessed? Yeah, well, that's the reason he's uh, he's hurt because he's not afraid of contact. Anyway, <laughs> the yes, ground game is going to be incredible. Again. Yes, exactly. Um, their ground game is going to be incredible again. They're incredible in the trenches. I, I think they, they end up just out physicaling USC again, and I think that's the reason they beat they finish ahead of USC. Lastly, obviously not leastly, Washington. They got big Phoenix energy. Mm-hmm. Um they scored thirty nine point seven points per game last year. Un, unreal quarterback, unreal weapons. The only question mark I have offensively is their offensive line. They have to get have new three new starters. And the defense isn't good. Of course, the defense is – oh, that is what I was going to say. Utah is probably the best defense in the mm-hmm. uh, in the conference, and they're the only decent defense. Yeah, only one worth mentioning. I mean, everybody else is just garbage defensively. But I do think Washington gets it done. So, in the Pac-12 championship, I do think Utah uh, best – Washington and I think they miss out on the playoffs by maybe a game. I think they drop one that they shouldn't have. And then the conference explodes. Exactly. Well, we finished out our power five conference predictions. Look at us. A lot of research, a lot of hard work done in this. I'd be excited to come back and see, um, See just how spot on we were. Maybe move our way up in the ranks. <laughs> yeah, I know it's all fun and games. Still, Stanford wins the Pac-12. Mm. <laughs> Colorado. Oh man, a Colorado Stanford game championship game. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bowl. <laughs> yes, they should. They they absolutely should have at least like one Sicko Bowl season, or like you know, like actual bowl games. They should just find the two most like atrocious like offenses and just make them go up against each other. So like Iowa and I don't know who else, but <laughs> but that'd be in, that'd be interesting. I think. Yeah, I saw something that they made. Um, hang on, what did they make? Dang it, they made one game like prime time for week zero, and the sickos committee uh, tweeted about it. Mm. Of course, if the sickos committee loves Iowa. Yes. Don't blame them. I mean, right up there, Allie. Yes. Uh, Yes. 
Three points a game. Yes. <laughs> Cade McNamara, Hart. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you have any uh, closing thoughts for these uh, Power Five? Any Power Five team? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I got all my thoughts out. Yeah, neither do I. Well, um, I guess that'll be it for this episode. Uh, I believe next episode we'll be covering UFC 292, which has been, you know, um, kind of been chopped up and sliced and diced lately, but getting some fights added back to it recently. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be the most exciting card, but I do think, I mean, I think even the main event is either going to go one way, one way or the other. Um, I think it's, you know, either going to be pretty exciting I, you know, actually, I take that back out. Maybe it will be. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say I'll save it for um I'll save it for Friday's episode. But you know, I think that fight's gonna probably finish within the distance, inside the distance, and I think it's gonna go one of two ways: either a Sean O'Malley knockout or Aljamain Sterling submission. So, um, and we'll see about that. And uh, I mean, some other good fights on that card, though, some sneaky good ones. But um, uh, you know. Like I said, we getting we were spoiled about a month ago. You know the cards are getting slightly less interesting, but hey, that means they're going to pick back up towards the end of the year, at least. You know, so you have that to look forward to. So you know, you got to go go through the tough times to enjoy the the good times. I guess if that makes sense. Yep. But thanks for uh, listening, guys. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening. Uh, Always appreciate you tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next episode. Peace. Peace.